listening to Hope for Today Church podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. Well, good day, church family and brothers and sisters in Christ. How you doing today? Good? It's a beautiful day. I have to admit, when the snow started coming down and you saw the slush and stuff, I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. But you're here, and what a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord uh, through song. I want to uh, thank John. Um, he, was, uh, he messaged me last night and said he had a bit of a cold that was uh, coming upon him. And so I appreciate him sticking through and, and leading us here today. Wasn't that wonderful? to come and to sing together. Amen. Amen. You know, we're not lifting John up, but we're thanking him for, for serving that way, but we're lifting up the name of Jesus, and that is what uh, matters. I'm going to invite you to turn to Psalm 40, and Psalm 40, I'm delighted to uh, speak from this afternoon, is when we look into this passage, we will see it's a powerful and uplifting part of Scripture, but it will challenge us. It'll challenge us and where we find ourselves today. And my prayer for us this afternoon, as I'm always preaching to myself, hear me, I mean that, I am preaching to myself, that as we read together, let us ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us today how he desires to move in us to reveal to us the things respectfully in our journey of faith that the Lord is still fashioning and as he renews us into his image. And the message, uh, the title for today's message is entitled this, From the Pit to Praise, the Resounding Melody of Miracles. The Resounding Melody of Miracles. You are a miracle. Do you know that? You are a miracle. Psalm 40, verse one. I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God, Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. You know, as you look to this part of Scripture, the writer of Psalms of this particular passage is believed to be none other than David, King David himself. Now, perhaps you read through and you can understand that the authorship of many Psalms is not explicitly mentioned. In fact, the, there are attributions that are based on tradition and historical understanding. And in fact, half of the books of, of Psalms is traditionally attributed to David. Out of the 150, I couldn't get over this, out of the 150, around 73 or more are ascribed to him. David who, yes, is known as the second king of Israel, reigned and ruled for about 40 years, but he was also a shepherd. 
He came from a, a lowly place, a place of service and understanding what it is to lead and to serve. He also saw God deliver him from the lion and the bear. And then as a warrior, saw God who was with him and defeating a Philistine giant. These Psalms reflect the various seasons of David's life and of the other psalmists. It would include moments of triumph, deep struggle, repentance, and expressions of worship and praise. You know, as we are worshiping together, I couldn't help but think David was a prolific worship and song writer. Prolific worship leader, as we sing, holy, holy is the Lord, David saw God all around him. He moved and, and saw a minister to David in the, even in his lowliest of moments. And yet he did not have, like we enjoy today, the promise of the resurrection hope. He looked forward in faith to what Jesus would accomplish and overcome for his people. But David, even David, did not in, encounter what we encounter today through faith. And we're going to look at that a little bit here through this passage the experiences that he endured likely inspired this passage of scripture. And so here we see some themes. Although there's no particular event or period of why this passage came to be, we see a waiting on the Lord, deliverance from distress, and gratitude for God's faithfulness. How many times are you grateful when God moves? Out of the waiting, when he takes you out of that desolate place and puts you onto secure, firm footing. This psalm, like many others, I believe why it's not specifically outlined what was the cause and occasion for writing this psalm. It's so they can resonate with us on an individual and corporate level, no matter what we face, because we all face desolate situations. We all face times where we're trying to scale the walls in ourselves, the rigid areas of our life, and we can't get out. But then there before us, maybe even behind us, is the rope that if we would just take hold of Jesus, we would ascend. If you believe that God's word speaks to us and is living and active, can I get an amen? <laughs> Here we see in this passage, as we look at it more closely, we see vulnerability and testimony of the prevailing grace of God to all who believe. I can't begin to tell you how many times in talking with even seasoned Christians, when you say, hey, you know, look what David went up against. Yeah, he had the spirit of the Lord upon him, but the Bible says you have the same spirit with you that teaches you all things, that you can, like David, beat a giant. And you wouldn't believe the amount of times I hear, no, no, that was David. David was special. I mean, he was a worshiper. Yeah, he also committed a great sin. But he had the right heart. He recognized even the situation with Bathsheba and other circumstances. Lord, I can't get out of this pit on my own. And that's why he says, I patiently wait upon the Lord. 
And he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet upon a rock. How this speaks to me is that no matter the season that we're in, the Lord's favor is with us and abounding to us to give us the strength to both wait, but the strength to endure. And we're living in a time where endurance is a major factor, isn't it? Enduring when the world seems like it's up against you and believing everything that's against the very word of God. Gender dysphoria and all these other factors in the world which God never affirmed. But I tell you today, he's listening and he's watching. And no matter what people proclaim and say in Revelation 19, it says that in righteousness, Christ, the lamb, it says his name is faithful and true, that in righteousness, he will judge and make war. And from the word of his mouth will strike down the nations. So don't lose hearts. Thank you, Jesus. David shows us in this place of worship that the grace of God is there equally so to teach us how to get back on track. How to return to firm footing. Grace that says you're saved no matter what you did yesterday. You are saved because you continue to believe in Jesus. But that same grace that says to you in Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lust and to live in sensible, righteous, and a godly way in the present age. While we wait... For the blessed hope, the appearing of glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we can't forget this part. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse us for himself, a people of his own possession, eager to do good works. And that in those good works, you are not alone. Do you hear that? You are not alone. To be moved, to be enriched, enriched by the very word that we read here this afternoon, I want to pull in Hebrews 4.12 into the matter of this discussion and envision the implications if you truly believe that. You've probably memorized this. Maybe it's on your fridge. Maybe it's on your wall. Maybe it's a bookmark in your Bible and you've memorized it for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So in relation to Psalm 40, think of this for a moment. Imagine the very word of God as a living, pulsating force. It's not a stagnant collection of letters on a page, but it's dynamic, distinct, and constant. You've heard a thing out there, deconstructionism of faith. The reason why that occurs is because people have turned away from this distinctiveness, the holiness of scripture, because of how it makes them uncomfortable. 
Because the more and more you try to be like the world, the world will try and make you emulate them instead of imitating Christ. And if you seek to emanate Christ and imitate him, all this is just beautiful to your soul, enriching to your soul, and it's living and active. And in the midst, I would encourage you this afternoon, in the midst of the challenges, the word of God is saying to us, it is inbreathing life and vitality to your very being. That's what vitality means. It says, by definition, the state of being strong and active. So when you read the word of God is living and active, that if you're like me a few nights ago in a place of lowliness, even not understanding some things happening, I just say, Lord, I believe your word is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. You know what? It reached in and it just encouraged my spirit encourage my soul. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like my heart was pounding. And then I had a timely, very encouraging, wonderful phone call with the dear sister in the Lord, seeking beautiful questions of wonderful conversation. God, his word is living and active. That means he is ready to engage you on every level that you find yourself in. Every level. Just ponder that for a moment. Every level. So when the Apostle Paul says, my God's grace is sufficient for me, he means that. Every season. But in order for us to lean into this, in order for us to encounter this descriptive and prescriptive account by even David himself, we need to hold on and profess what Hebrews 4.12 is speaking over us and to us today. The word of God is living and active. When you face a situation, whether it's, as I mentioned earlier, you go to the word. When people challenge you on your very values, your very morals, don't go to the best-selling author on New York Times. Go to the word of God itself because it's dynamic. It's constant. It has never failed. I'm so thankful how many times the word has blazed a trail for me out of trouble. If I would have tried to quote a, a great name, which I understand there's wonderful, you know, quotes out there and, and there's ways and means you could pull those tools in. But when you use the word of God, it's holy. I don't know what season you find yourself in today. In the mix of the victories that you've Wonderfully seen. But I want to encourage you today as we continue to look at the scripture when it says the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. Envision a finely crafted razor-sharp sword. This is no ordinary weapon. That means it implies a precision and effectiveness to the very root issue that you are facing. I wrote this. It doesn't merely cut through surface issues, but reaches deep into the core of our very existence, distinguishing between the soul and spirit and revealing the very hidden layers of our being. That desolate pit that David talks about, how can it manifest? What, what do those things look like in both Christians and unbelievers alike? 
And some of those can look like addiction and bondage. For some, the slimy pit may represent struggles with addiction and unhealthy behaviors. They find themselves stuck in the mud and the mire of these habits. Maybe it's substance abuse, compulsive behaviors, or other vices. But the word of God tells us there is hope from those vices. Another desolate pit could be the darkness of mental health itself. Depression, anxiety, and other challenges can create like Paul or David painted for us, a sense of being trapped in a pit where hope seems distant. And then there's also economic struggles, financial hardships that can be a desolate pit for many. You know, I've been there. I've been at time because ministry, and I don't think anyone's ever said you get rich in the ministry and that's not my goal. I know some thankfully have encountered that blessing. That's not me. And that's okay. But there have been times where in our family, we've had to make some tough choices. And you can so easily, like we're warned in 1 Timothy 6, see a destructive pit if your pursuit is wealth and getting rich quick. The weight of debt, unemployment, poverty can lead many feeling stuck in a situation that seems insurmountable, but in the very word of scripture with Hebrews 4.12 in this passage it says, wait patiently for the Lord and he will lift you up. Nothing we face is insurmountable. No amount of emotional pain or relationship struggles that when Christ is our foundation, when he is your solid rock, you can make it through. These are just examples of a desolate pit that can affect our vitality. And I'm so thankful of being part of this assembly, taking the truth of God's word as it is written that we believe at HFT that Jesus is our hope for today. Every situation, I would not be a true, genuine pastor if I didn't proclaim to you, no matter what you face, you can have victory in Jesus' name. This is why we come to church. We know it's supposed to be a hospital, a place where you have triage, you have a trauma room and a recovery room. I know the last time I went to a hospital, I know my brother's here, hope bro I can say these things, but you know, I know when he goes in, he's not hoping that people remain in the trauma ward. He's desiring to work with them and, and restore them to the road of health. And the picture of scripture shows us that by the grace of God, he cares for us, our mighty physician. He leads us in triumphal victory. And he reminded the Pharisees this very point. It's not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. And so that we don't get caught up in ourselves, we all encounter pits. We all encounter sickness. We all encounter need. And that need is Jesus. And we can find camaraderie in this uniting point that we can encounter spiritual health and growth through Jesus together. That when I was in a pit and I encountered victory through that in Jesus' name, I can encourage my brother and sister who's in trauma right now, but to say, this isn't gonna last. 
His mercies are new every day. This is what the scripture affirms. But the important part to come out of that pit is to allow the mighty physician to do his work. To lay yourself before him like you would on a hospital bed and rest in his presence as you, as you go out under the power. Understand the illustration I'm giving. As you're out under the power, you're entrusting the surgeon with his precision to effectively remove the root problems affecting your vitality. Because the word of God is living and active. There is no pit too deep that he cannot see through, nor is his grace rendered in effect for any situation or season you are in because David says and encourages us again, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. And as I was reading this in my own devotional time, I heard the whisper of the enemy. We know the enemy wants to get us where we're at our weakest. And the area for me is trying to do it myself. And when you think of this passage, the enemy of your very souls wants you to think that you have reached an impasse. But you can tell him, you can stand with faith in Jesus, waiting patiently for the Lord as David declared in your desolate season that my God who worked powerfully through those who looked to him, he parted the sea, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, casted out demons, surely he can speak life into my circumstance. I choose to wait on the Lord. I know he hears my cry and will act in his perfect timing. And here's the key, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. I know the demons fear the name of Jesus and so do you. Your counsel is not accepted. And this part's so important because the only power and authority Satan has over our life is what we give him. If we lean into his deceptive voice, that's the only way those seeds begin to permeate. But Jesus is saying, don't listen to him. Don't listen to those seeds of doubt, the craftiness, the, the cunningness, because the battle belongs to me. Thank you, Jesus. This was the place from which David saying, look at verse three. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and they will trust in the Lord. You know what I love about this imagery is that in the Old Testament, a new song was a symbol of a changed life. Did you know that? A new song was a symbol of a changed life. Even better, more biblically, a transformed heart. And that a transformed heart is a testimony that points others to the goodness of God. I knew this person. 
How did they ever change? That's the hand and miraculous work of God. When God was able to work in my life so I wouldn't have outbursts of anger, only God could do that. I would read books and I would ask, you know, specialists, how, how can I tame my tongue at times where it just comes up? And we would go through, you know, CBT and all these different things, which have valid place in our neck of the woods. But it was only through the name and power of Jesus that I was able to tame this tongue. And I'm still working pro. I mean, my family's here today. They know that. My brother and extended family. Jesus, he puts a new song in our mouths. But it all starts with, look at verse one as I begin to close. Wait patiently for the Lord. Wait patiently. And I put this here as a walking point. Have patience in the pit. Have patience in that pit. Because in that pit, as we patiently wait, it is never in vain. Because in that place, we learn to trust, we learn to rely, but most importantly, we recognize what solid ground looks like. Like the prodigal who went and spent his entire inheritance where he was eating the very food from the pig trough, realized what he had missed and what was secure and firm footing, and he ran to his father, and his father received him with open arms. But it's in the waiting that we learn God's perfect and miraculous ways. Stop trying to find the way out yourself. Psalm 18.30 says this, one of my favorite verses. God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. And so this week, when you face the fiery darts of the enemy, those spoken words to cast doubt into your very life, you use the shield of faith. I know who Jesus is, what he did, why he came, and how he rose in victory, and he's leading me in that same triumphal procession day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, as I patiently wait on him. For our mighty physician is full of grace and truth, precise and effective, revealing the very depths of our very being and how we need him most. And it's my belief in prayer is, as John comes that the God who turned the psalmist's cry into a song of praise is at work in each of our lives. Do you believe this? He's at work. He is working on the very areas of that desolation and, and situations. Look, no one here is pretending. No one here is perfect. We're all on a journey. But we believe Jesus truly is our hope for today. I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. 
and he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. How happy is anyone who has put his trust in the Lord and has not turned to the proud or to those who run after lies. Lord, my God, you have done many things. Your wondrous works and your plans for us, none can compare with you. When you go here today, and as we respond and worship, no one can compare to his mighty hand, the precision of his work, his wondrous miracles, the melody of tapestry in your life. Believe that he's gonna work through you as you patiently wait on him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. The scripture still speaks today. These words of revelation, may they seed what you intend to be seeded and to blossom as you have designed. Father, we thank you. The very spirit of prophecy and the word itself lifts up, Jesus. Your very mind, will, and purpose. Father, we know that you are crafting us into your image, being reformed to mirror you. Father, I ask with an outstretched hand that your spirit would mightily move over each person who's listening. Father, you will return vitality. Lord, you know the deep-seated hurts and issues that all face. And Lord, may we, like David, be able to come before the giant and trusting with faith that you are before us and you are with us and we will see those giants slayed once and for all. Do that work in my life, Lord, and that of my brothers and sisters in you. That it would be a wonderful melody of your working power in each of us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bro. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is a perfect song to end with. Firm foundation. You can stand with me here as we close here and worship our Heavenly Father. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad. And we have the love of Jesus. Hallelujah.
Father who never fails. Isn't he so good, church? Amen. I'm going to say a prayer as a closing here, brother, here. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you for these words of truth. And as Pastor Andrew shared here, God, you are so good. You are so glorious. And you're worthy of all the praise and the honor here. Lord, as we go here today, may we all feel encouraged as we encourage one another in faith here, Jesus, as being members of the same body of you, King Jesus. May we go here to be your hands and feet, to honor you with our lips and our bodies of praise as we speak the truth and witness to others here, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. We continue to want to do your will on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, Jesus. And the church says together, amen. 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 And that spirit, I just want to remind you, Tuesday night, men, we have our men's